Well, I just want you to know that I, I'm really falling in love with the church. Uh, it's been two years and eight months, I think. And uh, with Kim gone, I've really gotten a chance to hang out with a lot of you and uh, talk to you. And uh, I didn't know a lot of you, honestly. I think some of you knew me when I come up here and I pray and you'd be like, there's that crazy guy going up there again, going all wild or whatever. And um, I, just, I just want you to know how much I really love and care about you. And I'm praying for you so passionately this week. And I spent a lot of time, time on my knees last night just praying that God would just meet us in a real and powerful way this morning because life change happens in God's presence, not by a good sermon or good worship or uh, a good speaker, but God's presence enveloping his people. And that's what I desire. And so this morning, I just want to share with you briefly, and I hope that you're open to listening. I hope that you're open to hearing from God this morning and not me. And uh, so I'm just going to share. Um, Kim and I were driving in a car together, Pastor Kim, who is the lead pastor here, and I miss him as much as you do. Uh, we were driving in a car together to a place called um, North Lake, Northland Bible Camp and Conference Center. And on the way there, we kind of talked about life and, and life before I was a Christian and life while I was a Christian and just a lot of different things. And, and he asked me, Personally, he said, well, and this is not, story is not meaning to be condemning uh, or to judge anybody that might be living this lifestyle if you're listening on, on air or something or even in this building this morning, but this is just my story and my, my wife's story, and so this isn't meant to be condemning or judging, but this is our story. And so Kim asked me, he said, so I just want to know, like, what, you were a Christian, right? And I said, yes. And he said, well, what made you live with your wife before you were married? So I was thinking, and I thought to myself, and I'm like, I'm not really sure, Kim. You know, I, I didn't really have an answer for that at the time. And, and, and I said, well, how did you justify that? Like, did you have a, it was there like, I said, well, here, here's, here's what it was for me. My mom had moved into an apartment and uh, a different house. There really wasn't a place for me to stay. And now, here's, here's where my justification comes in, right? I'm justifying doing this before God. And I had no place to go, and so I was dating Jen at the time, and I was like, hey, let's just live together. My parents divorced. This was another part of my justifying. My parents divorced when I was in sixth grade, so I didn't want to marry someone that I didn't live with before I got married. So I justified all that fact, and Really what I was, was I was loving my wife more than I was loving God. Or my girlfriend more than I was loving God. I put her before God. I put her before Him and what He desired for my life. And, 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 um, and so we just kind of talked through that. And he's like, well, why do you think that people think it's okay to do that today? And I said, they just don't understand God's blessing in not doing that. And I said, when, when we finally came to the point in our relationship when we were living together, and, and uh, Jen's parents' voice, by the way, sounds a lot like God's voice, <laughs> just so you know. And if you're a teenager or a child in here, just so you know, sometimes your parents are God's voice speaking to you. So please listen and be obedient and 
Do what you can because God loves you and he wants a good life for you and he wants to bless you and he wants to assure you of his presence and his glory and his goodness and his, man, he's good. But sometimes we mess it up. And so we had dinner with Jen's parents and they're like, so you're living together, huh? And Jen starts saying, but Jen's dad's like, Jen, don't try to deny it. I know it. People have told me. Your brother knows it. I know stuff. And we said, yes, we are. And, and, we, and we laid it out there. And it was like this big thing just came off our back. It was like, man, you know, we don't have to carry that anymore. It's, it was good. And, uh, and then we went back home and we still lived together. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, at the same moment, we both fell to our knees in repentance, the same exact moment before God, and asked him for forgiveness, asked him to cleanse us, asked him for the next steps in our life that we needed to take to actually walk with him. And he honored that, and it was awesome. And, and so today, I share that story as a part of me, that part of me and part of my wants and my desires were pulling me away from God and pulling me to myself and pulling me to my wife more than him or my girlfriend at the time. So what is it in your life this morning? What is it that you would say or what is it in your past? As you were singing songs this morning, maybe things in your past came up and you said, wow, that's the sin that God bared for me. That's his goodness and you need to be reminded of that this morning. Or maybe there's some things right now that you say, this is what is squeezing out God in my life and I need to do something about it. Because if I do not, I'm not going to make it if I don't. And so up on the screen here is our text this morning. Let's go to the text, the Bible, the living word of God. It's active, it's alive, it breathes new life into our dry and weary bones and we need it today, amen? So here we go. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And I will read from the message now because I like this version too. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out of the church. Amen? But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. So as I read this passage, actually I got to bring you back to this. Um, a couple weeks ago I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? And he gave me this passage. So by the way, the Lord wants you to hear this this morning. He gave me this passage and and, and it, I didn't know what Aaron was preaching on last week. And if you were here last week, Aaron preached on the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Amen. It's like a crescendo. And it should get louder. Amen. And, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? And as he preached on that, I was like, wow, look at what you gave me to preach next week. This fits in like a good Lego set. So, so here we are. We're... 
We're in the Word. So as I read this, I pondered a couple different things. I said the first thing that popped into my mind was, what is the world that they're talking about? Because there's different uh, definitions of the world. One is just the world as it is, the earth and all the surrounding people and the land and everything about it. Well, I'm pretty sure that God wants us to enjoy his creation. So I thought that can't be the world that God's talking about here. And then I started thinking, well, what about people? You know, if, if people... If God's talking about people, then John 3.16, you can throw that verse out if you're talking about people then because we're supposed to love people, amen? And so what he's talking about here the, is this world that is a sinful humanity that pulls people away from God. That our whole, um, it's our culture, it's the, it's the world that we live in. The Bible puts it in these terms. It says, um, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So if you picture this, this is, picture this in your mind. Have you ever done those blindfold events at school, like where the teacher takes you and blindfolds you, and then you've got to walk through an obstacle course? Has anybody ever done that before? And, and this is what life without Christ looks like. So if you can picture that in your mind, you get this idea of what people are walking through in their life. And when you get that picture of what people are walking through, it starts to, it starts to do something in your heart. Because you don't just look at people and say, they, they're just, they just don't believe. It's fine. It's, it's good. You realize that they really are walking in blindness, and without Jesus Christ, they will continue to walk in blindness. And you begin to pray such fervency, and, and you begin to ask God to bless them, and you begin to, when you know that, that becomes your prayer, that becomes your life. They are blinded, the minds of them are blinded by Satan, who is the God of this world, and they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Also, Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, we should have it, like, tattooed on us. I don't know what you think about tattoos, but... But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, against the powers of this dark world, there are powers in this world that are waging against your marriage, that are waging against your life, that are waging against your very fabric and your soul. What happens is we, sometimes we miss that that is going on, and we don't we don't fight and we don't battle and we don't take our relationship with God serious and we, we have this battle going on. There's this war. There's a world that is enticing us and calling us to itself. This is the world that we're talking about here. And like I said, that pretty much sums up the culture that we live in, right? Pretty much sums up what people are doing in their life. Last summer, I played a kickball tournament at Wiggly Field so I could... Uh, so I could connect with some people that weren't churched or weren't, uh, didn't grow up in church, just kind of did the Bible life. Because I grew up in that, you know, I grew up at Kelly Club, Bob Schofield. That's where I grew up on a bar stool, uh, serving drinks with my dad. And, uh, and, and so I went to Wiggly Field and I just wanted to connect with people. I wanted to, I wanted to see what people were like. And, and I was out there and I, and I realized that people out there have the same wants and desires that I have. They have, they have the same want for community. They may do it in a different way, but they have the same want for community. They have the same desires. They have the same drives. 
And, 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 but I watched people as they were like, let's get the drinking trophy. And they're just, they're just going for it. And they're drinking and they're drinking and they're drinking until they can't walk. They're, they're, they're falling on their face. They're running into fences. And I'm going, is this what you created us for, God? The world that we have is calling, it's drawing teenagers, it's drawing children. I was in a Bible study this week. I have a Bible study with teenagers and we were talking about why, why do we wonder? We, we wonder why a homeless person says, I have much joy. We wonder why somebody in a third world country has all this joy and they don't even have stuff. I said, why is that? And we came to the conclusion that we have grown up with stuff. We've grown up with television commercials from the day we were born. We've grown up with cartoons. When I watched He-Man growing up, the next commercial after He-Man was get this action figure so you can role-play He-Man, you know? And it was like, I got to have that or I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be full of joy. I'm not going to have life. This world is pulling everything out of us. And then the other part of this passage that I looked at was love. Like, what does this love mean? And I break it down, this love means is finding one's joy in. Before I move on to share a story, think about this. What are some things in your life you find much joy in? Think about those things right now. You know, maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's driving up to Lake Superior and gazing at the beautiful waters. Maybe it's walking underneath a nice waterfall. Maybe it's uh, rock climbing. Some of you like to climb rocks. Um, What is it in your life that brings you great joy? Those things, you know, where something bubbles up inside of you and you cannot wipe the smile off your face. Those moments are plastered on our Instagrams and our Facebook pages. Those are the things that we get life from. And to think about those things and to, to, to think about those things in the way that, that, that God created them to be. And I, I, in myself, I picture this ocean and I used to live in Oregon and there was this beautiful place called Seaside, Oregon that I used to go to and I would, that was my favorite place to go to. I used to go there and I would just lay by the, on the sand and just let the sand, you know, the warmth of the sand in your feet and watch the ocean waves crash and it was just beautiful. It was glorious and and, and I found much joy there. I found much, much rest in God that I needed in that place. But if I find my love and my joy in the stuff, even of the world, even the things that God created, because this world is passing away, and I will share more about that as we go on. So as the text teaches us, we are not to love the world because it squeezes out God in our life. This is a command. So we should do it, right? We should, we should love God more than the world. And, and what, what's the incentive for that? Some of you go, well, I don't, why? Why, why would I do that? Why would I, why would I love God? Number one, just for, number one is just because you want to love God. It's just loving God for himself. It's not looking at the blessings he gives you. It's, it's not looking at whether I'm good looking or whether I'm smart or whether I'm... I'm uh, I'm creative, whether I'm talented. It's not all those things. It's looking at God and I love you, God, for God, for being God, for, for creating this world, for, for who you are, for saving others such as I. It's loving God for who he is. It's, it's, 
you, you want to love God because your love for God is what will lo- squeeze out the lusts of your flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of our possessions and achievements. All those things will start to fade out. It's like that one, my, my favorite song still is the, the turn your eyes upon Jesus. I mean, when you turn your eyes upon Jesus, it says everything else just starts to go away. And, and the world that we live in, the stuff we want to accumulate, the possessions, the power, the glory that we want to have, just starts to walk away. We start to see life, what it truly is, because one day everything's going to pass away and all we're going to be is in the presence of God. And it's going to be glorious. And we love God just for himself. You know, we take a, we take a spouse or a girlfriend or we take a loved one, a, a friend, a cousin, whatever, and we just love them for who they are, Right? We don't put conditions on them. We don't go, hey, you know, I'll love you if you do this for me. I'll, I'll love you if you make me a sandwich. I'll, I'll love you if you fix my car. You know, I'll love you if, if you know, you can fill in the blanks because some of us have those blanks that we try to fill in. I'll love you if this. But, but, I, but with God, it's like, God, I just love you. I just, I, just, I just, man, you're just amazing. You're good. I mean, I can't even say enough words that are good. I mean, man, no one, none of us. None of us can put into words how much we love God and even our cries and our tears and our worship and it's not even close to the love that we could give him, amen? Because he's God. And, and so we just love God for him. Number two, everything is passing away, even the good stuff. Every single thing will pass away. Every good thing. All the weekends that we spend on the boats and the tubes, I mean, it's fun, it's good. My basketball hoop's going to rot out someday. My iPhone that is next to me and gives me brain damage it is going to be gone someday. It's going to be in a trash thing. I mean, it, it, it's not going to matter. My, my computers, I mean, everything I spend my time on, it's going to be gone. The, the TV shows that you watch that are popular right now, they're going to be gone. They're, the seasons are going to end. Everything is going to end. Everything has a season and a purpose under heaven. All this stuff. The ocean that I love so much is going to be gone someday. It's, going to, it's actually going to explode all over the earth. I've read the end of the book. God wins. And so it's going to explode all over the earth. Fires are going to come. I mean, it, everything's going to be gone. It's going to be God. God is going to be left. That's it. That's all you're going to have. Nothing else in this life is going to matter. Even the person, your, your spouse, the greatest person in your life will not be your spouse in heaven someday. God is the most important person in your life. The love that you have for him is what matters most. Number three, doing the will of God pleases God and we will live forever. Pretty good incentive right there, amen? that we will live forever. Don't miss this because I think some of us hear this Sunday after Sunday and we go, okay, I got it. Jesus forgives me. Jesus saved me. All right, I'm going to heaven. Good. That's not, that's not enough. And the question I have to ask is this this morning, and, and these are good incentives and this is where we are, but these are a couple things I just want you to ponder this morning before I finish up. And I don't say this to judge anybody, and I don't say this to, I just say this, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you know for sure that if you died today that you would be with him? Are you saved? Is, is your life 
changing? Are you loving God more than the day that you came to him? Are you, are you loving God? Are you, are you passionate about the things of who he is? Um, this guy, uh, Thomas, Thomas Merton, wrote, he said, I can look back at the day I was saved and things changed so drastically in my life and everything was different and everything was new and I could look back on that day when I bowed my knee to Jesus Christ and everything in me changed. Everything. I mean, I was a new person. I stumbled through, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to worship and I stumble through life, but everything changed. I can look back and see where my attitudes, my thoughts, my actions, I started to want to know God. I started to want to read his word. I was passionate about his word. This is his word, ladies and gentlemen. This is his word. He gave it to us because he loves us. And this is his. And, and so when we look at him, and, and he is the one that does this work in us, but it's him through Jesus Christ that does this work. And if you have not felt like, if you've been in church or you've just been like doing, if you know the Christian culture, if you know the Christian talk, if you know, oh, God bless you, you know, whatever, but you don't have it in your heart, if you're not living it out, if it's not ex- if you're not experiencing the joy and the passion of God, then you, you have to ask yourself if there's one day that that fire and that passion came into your life. Did it, did it happen? Did it come in? And if you haven't, I, I, I plead with you and I beg you to go home tonight and to just spend time before the Lord. Beg and plead and say, God, save me. God, have mercy upon my soul. God, bring me to a relationship with you because there's nothing else that matters in this life. I can remember when I came to Christ, everything changed. I went home. I said, Mom, I accepted Jesus. Life, my sins, thing is, it's, it's, it's garbage. It's gone. I don't want it anymore. And, and, and I remember talking to people, and, I, and I, my life has completely been transformed. And if you've never had that, beg and plead for it. Amen? Beg, ask God. Just say, God, I, wanna, I want that salvation. I want that grace and mercy in my life. I want to know you. I want to love you more. And so that might be, that might be some of you this morning. The other person may just be that you've lost some fire. You know this love for God. Things are squeezing out God. They're just, they're just, it's like you're squeezing out a ketchup bottle and God's just going away. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you've, you've known God and you've known him for a long time and you're like, I just don't have the passion anymore. I, maybe this is you. Man, there's some weeks that people raise their hand and I go, why am I not raising my hand? Why didn't I go out and share the gospel this week? What's up with me that I didn't spend the time of my life to go share Jesus with somebody? You know, what was it in me that what was so important in my life this week that I, that I did that? That I didn't go and share? What, what am I afraid of? What am I worried about? So my prayer this morning is if that's where you're at today, then you just say, God, the same Jesus that, you, that saved you is the same one that rekindles your spirit. He puts that fire back on. He lights, he relights, he relights you. He relights your soul, burning, passionate fire for him. He does that work, and it's, it's nothing that I can say for you. It's nothing that I can even do for you. I can pray with you, and I can plead with God to do that in you, but it's something that you have to desire. It's something you have to want. You have to want to love God. The last one is this, and this is something that I felt like the Lord wanted me to share. And, um, 
there's a lot of people that are coming to our church and our community and they're teenagers and there's children and there's also adults and and we are known as a friendly church if we're friendly and I think that's really great because I don't, there's some churches that are not friendly there's some places that don't even you know if you walk in the building they, they don't even look at you they don't even care if you're there you know they're filling their quota or whatever I hope that's not the case but but if you were going to go on a trip would you go on a trip with someone that just smiled at you or would you go on a, a ship? Let's say you're going on a ship, on a boat, and you're going to travel. Would you go on with somebody that just smiled at you? Or would you go on somebody that was your friend? Like a friendship. There are people that are coming into this church that are leaving. They're trying to leave the world. They're trying to love God. They're trying to stop loving the world. And all they need is friendships. They need friendships. They need people who are going to walk with them through this tough stuff in their life. They need people who are willing to give up a television show for an hour a week and just sit with them and pray with them because you have no idea. If, if, if God in one hour can do what he does on Sunday, God can do the same thing through your life in one hour with somebody else during the week. Can I, I want to say that again. If God can do powerful things in a Sunday morning for one hour right in this place, then he can take you in your average, ordinary Starbucks drinking, your video games, yes, unless you're shooting people, your, uh, your, uh, your time, whatever you do, your drawing, all that stuff, you're, you do that for one hour with somebody else and you pray with them and you passionately seek the Lord together and you, and you, you love him and you do what you can. He can do what he does on Sunday morning through you with somebody else during the week. And he will. And he will. If you're hungry for it, if you desire it, if you love God, he will do it. There's no question, there's no question in my mind. I have seen it happen many times in my own life. There are many times where I don't know what to share with somebody. There are many times that I have a clue what I'm going to talk to somebody about. There are many times that I know something's going to be really hairy, really sticky, very sinful, and I don't know what to tell the person. And you know what I do in those times? I get before the Lord and I say, God, I know that you love this person, number one. I know that you came to save them, number two. And I know that, that you ask me for wisdom, or you tell me to ask you for wisdom, so I'm going to ask you for wisdom, and you are going to do it. And every single time, God shows up. That's what you got to do. If you want to write that down, that's, that's, the, that's the formula. You ask because you know that he loves people. He knows he loves you. He wants to use you in the world. Number two is you know that God wants to save people. He did not come to this earth to let see people perish. That's not our message. There is a hell and it's very real and it's not going to be good for people that go there, but there also is a heaven. And there's also a Jesus that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and sin is gone through him and him alone. And number three is you just ask God. Say, God, give me wisdom on what I'm to say to this person because I don't have it. I don't know what to say to the kid that's crying in his locker on, on Thursday afternoon. I, I don't know what to say to a person that's walking down the street who doesn't have enough food. Well, maybe I can just take them to McDonald's or something, you know. But God will do it. God will answer your prayer. But my, 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 my third, the third part of this challenge this morning is just that we would be friendships. 
the people would say, Bethany is about friendships. The people come there and they get plugged in. The people come there and they don't just come there to have a friendly face and a person smile at them, but they come and they get real life because people really love and care about that single person that Jesus cared about and loved enough to die for. That's the kind of love that God's looking for. And Jesus didn't die on a cross that we just go, yeah, you saved me, great. I'm going to go to heaven someday. No, he died on a cross that we would live in his power, that we would do the same exact things that he did on earth and that his glory would be seen throughout eternity because of what this church did. That's what this is all about. And the, so this morning I'm going to have um, Cindy Delight and Rediger play a song called Falling in Love by Jason Gray. And as you listen to the words of the song, as you ponder them, I want you to open up your bulletin if you have one, and I want you to answer these three questions this morning that are in your bulletin. And, and I want you to just be honest before God, and I want you to be honest before people this morning and just say, what is it in your life that is squeezing out the love of God? What is it that is taking that passion? What is it that is taking that fire? What is it that is allowing him to be less than what he should be in your life? What is that thing in your life? And then number two, I want you to think about the steps that you are going to take this week to remedy that. I want you to think about the steps that you're going to take to remedy that this week. And then the third part is I want you to think about one person this morning that you can go to before you leave this building. I'm challenging you. I'm going to do this too. I'm not just challenging. I'm doing this too. I want you to find one person and I want you to say, this is what is squeezing God out of my life. Can you pray for me this morning? I'm just, and you will see this week, if, if you do this, I'm not even joking because this is what God does. This is God. This is not me. This is not my thing. This is what God does. If you ask somebody and you ask them to pray for you, I think you're going to see a change in your relationship with God this week. And you will see more power over sin. You will see more glory in your life. You will wake up with such joy in your heart, love for God, that it's just going to be contagious to the world around you because the world around us wants to see Jesus. So that's the challenge. I'm going to hand it over to um, Cindy to uh, play this song, Falling in Love by Jason Gray. Thank you so much for your attention this morning. God bless you.